Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitly and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Oh, it's time for Social Studies, where we explore what's going on on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Sarah Cazell takes us through it. She's here to do that right now. Hi, yes, Sarah. Yes, yes. Hello, guys. Welcome into Social Studies. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Uh, great to have you all participating. I'm seeing a lot of new names, new faces popping in for Social Studies. So thank you. Great to have you all with us. Um, this is not going to surprise you. First question. Post-Suns game, we're asking for your biggest takeaways from last night's win. I don't really That's have any. Absolutely not. The, the, the question was your biggest takeaways from the entire series. You're right. The team's five-game series versus the Clippers. Yeah. That the Clippers had double-digit leads in four of the five games, and they're still um, eliminated. And it just just the ascension of Devin Booker is is what stands out to me. Kevin Durant, what what he's done in the first round is nothing I haven't seen before. It's he, he's a clutch, proven playoff performer. Devin Booker, what he did in that first round series was breathtaking. Yeah, outside of the Devin Booker development that Bick pointed out, uh, my biggest takeaway is thank God that's over. Good <laughs> Lord. Yeah, they really <laughs> pushed him. That was a meat grinder of a five game series, which sounds like an oxymoron, but I think it was one. So move so, on. Hey, and, Jared, uh, how do you feel about meat grinder? <laughs> I, I always, whenever I see like the cooking shows where they make their own sausage and a meat grinder. Ugh. Oh, that's no. No, no, no you like yeah, seeing how the sausage baby. is made? That's oh, yeah. literally the one thing you're not supposed to do. See how the sausage is made. It is funny how um, every series the Suns have won, except for the the Suns and Four Nuggets series, every other series has been a grinded out, like, tougher than expected series. Yeah, true. Like, uh, once they got their footing in that first year, first round against the, the Lakers. The Lakers, but there was some... The way that started... Down 2-1 was a little But your point is valid. Certainly last year, both series, we felt almost the same after the six-gamer against New Orleans. Just like, wow, that was was rough. That's over. So then, is that a question of Suns fans having too high of expectations or the Suns team uh, not playing to its potential? I don't think it's necessarily either of those. I just think it's a reminder of how different playoff basketball is than regular season basketball. And sometimes... You know, when you watch 82 regular season games, you forget about that. And sure. you get slapped in the face a bit. That's fair. All right. Again, the question that I totally misread the first time, your biggest takeaways from the five-game series against the Clippers, although most of the responses are about the last night's game. Uh, Josh D. says... Devin Booker benefits the most from having Kevin Durant on the team. The Suns need to figure out how to get KD involved, especially late in the game. Julie Jorgensen says the Suns won a series at home for the first time in a long time. Now the biggest test is on the horizon. Time to buckle up. It's going to be quite the ride. P-City says this is the fifth straight series where Monty Williams has been outcoached, and he puts it in quotation marks. Uh, Landry Shamit is unplayable and is in his own head. And he says the Evans, Kevin and Devin, are good. Joseph Covert, the Suns cannot defend the three-point shot. They lumbered into action when the fourth quarter started. Tad Jones says when time is... Oh, this time it's clicking. Nobody can match their firepower. But you have to keep that focus and intensity all 48 minutes. 
And then last one from Daylight Film says, beating a Clippers team without their best two stars is not what the Denver Nuggets will be bringing to the table. Too many minutes for KD, Book, and CP3. I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably pretty widespread. I'm surprised we didn't get more. Well, maybe there was in the thread about re- rebounding being a, a thing, especially keeping teams off the offensive glass. But sure, sure. All right, Kevin Durant. We've uh, mentioned it quite a few times. I've I've been playing the cut in my updates. He called Devin Booker's performance spiritual. How would you guys describe it? Manly, studly. Becoming more expected, all of those things. Yeah, <clears throat> breathtaking is the word I'm going to use again. That's that's kind of what I felt watching it happening. It just kind of like took the air out of the arena in a good way. Mm-hmm. Studly, you say, Vince Morata. Stud heavy though, not stud light. No, stud light. That's, stud heavy, that's trademarked sure. elsewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Josh Game Show calls books performance healing. We can finally get over last year's Game Seven blowout. Tommy calls it revealing on the biggest stage, revealing to everyone just how special of a player he has become. Kyle Mackey calls it a Devin intervention. Seriously, though, he was next level and fuego. We can just call it a Devin intervention. Oh, okay. I right. see what you I did there. That. Roll it That's in. Good. Thanks, Kyle Mackey, for the assist. George Alper says the performance was fun but frustrating. Booker's hero ball in the fourth almost sunk us. Do you guys agree? No. No, I don't. I, I uh, there, there have been times when I think that the hero ball has represented a disintegration of the offense. That's not the way I view Devin Booker now. Not at all. No, when he's when he's going like that, I don't think I don't think it's hero ball. I think it's hero ball when you don't have other options too. They had other options, but he was so red hot. You ride him until he cools well, yeah. off. Why would you go away from him? Yeah, uh, a book burning performance, but in a good way, says Corpse Shasta. Hey, eh? like that one. Throwing the book at the Clippers. Hey, okay. Book him, Dano. What? <laughs> Future history called it a masterclass. Justin Prestigard called it Devin Sent. Ian Eagle used the term masterclass on the TNT broadcast last night too when, when Book was in the in the midst of that barrage. Yeah. Good stuff there. Uh, and then last one from James Guile describing Devin Booker's night. A complete maturation of talent and greatness. We are front row to history. Take it in, Valley fans. All right, let's get to our final question for today's edition of Social Studies. We're going to remove Devin Booker and Kevin Durant from the conversation. Four names here of these four guys who had the best, most impactful series against the Clippers. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Torrey Craig, or Bismarck Biombo. Uh, I'm going to vote Torrey Craig. Yep, that's the correct vote. Let's place a vote for Torrey Craig. Why Torrey Craig? Placed into the starting lineup, uh, kind of out of a left field move. We hadn't seen him in the starting lineup with Kevin Durant on this team. It was done out of necessity, according to Monty Williams. But Made uh, tons of big shots. Big shots. Yeah. The first four games of the series, he made a ton of big shots. Shot very high percentage from three-point range. Um, yeah, I, I think that's an easy answer. With no disrespect to the others that were cho- choices, but Torrey Craig really delivered. Yeah, I think our listeners agree because 51% 
25% say Tory Craig of those four had the most impactful series. Uh, 25% voted for Chris Paul. 16% voted for DA. 9% voted for Biombo. The Savage Wolf says, I know he was up and down, but nearly every run that led to the wins, Chris Paul was in the middle of it, yeah. knocking down shots. When he wasn't, the offense struggled. But for all of the moments that all three of those guys were going, they looked unstoppable. Good point. Torrey Craig may be consistently throughout the series, but Chris Paul certainly picked his moments. Yeah, yeah but, but Chris Paul also had a very rough start to the series. He did. He did. Apache Jedi Bear says all four of those guys, again, CP3, DA, Torrey Craig, Bismuck, Biombo. Apache Jedi Bear says all four had significant contributions at different times. I can't isolate just one. Justin Hastings says Shamit was most impactful when he was on the bench. <laughs> and then Seabacher44 says, I can't believe Landry Shamit is not a choice. He's obviously coach's choice. Oh, wow. We got a lot of Shamit. Yeah. I would call it slander, but I don't know if it actually qualifies as slander if some of it is true in our mentions. Good damn it. Shamit. Ah! Shamith? I don't know. I kind of forgot what I was singing halfway through with that. Where are we going? Damn it, Shamith. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, Thank you, everybody who chimed in on uh, social studies this morning. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll get into the Landry Shamit question and other questions folks had for Monty Williams even after wrapping up a five-game series in the first round against the Clippers. There's some good ones. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers now. It's like I play them too much, now I'm not playing them enough. No, that's that just an honest question about when a guy's on fire like I, that. I know it's honest, but I'm, I'm being honest too. Like I, No, nah, I just think we have to be smart in those moments, and we had the lead. So if you have a guy going like that and you have the lead, you think you can buy some time to rest him because he just played the whole quarter. Monty Williams, the head coach of the uh, Phoenix Suns, answering uh, questions about his substitution patterns last night. Devin Booker went on a heater of all heaters in the third quarter, 25 points of his 47 in a 50-point third quarter. Did not start the fourth quarter when the Suns were up 17. When uh, Devin Booker came back into the game, it was a 14-point lead for the Suns at that point, at the 9.38 mark, and that's when the Clippers started to do real damage. And I don't think anybody's saying, hey, you lost three points off the lead while Booker wasn't out there. But to the point, I, I, I sounded like Craig Fooey from uh, from ABC 15. That was answer asking that question, Vic. Mm. Um, you know, when a guy's on a heater like that, when do you take the make the determination to cool him off yeah. and, and act as that guy's cooler? And that kind of happened last yeah, night. Yeah, that Booker. was another question that Monty got a little prickly with. Yes, and and that was another recurring theme that I just I'm really just having a hard time wondering what this that is really all about. But it, it, listen, there's a fundamental difference here. If you're playing hero ball. And it's to the detriment of a of a great system full of scores and a system that is designed to function as a fist. Then, then maybe that's one thing. But that's not what this Suns team is. This Suns team is built to capitalize on the shot making of their two superstars. As many shots as those two dudes want to take in the fourth quarter, I'm not complaining about it ever, ever. 
No, never. Nor, nor should you. Yeah, and so so we'll, that's what they're here for. There's a there's a fine line. If you're playing hero ball to the detriment of your team, then you should stop. If you're playing hero ball and you're lighting up the Clippers for 25 points in the third quarter, keep shooting, Devin. Fine with me. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that to me is just that's that's nonsensical. Yeah. Uh, the other question, uh, Monty Williams was asked a lot about. Uh, well, not a lot about, but uh, people were commenting about was Landry Shamit's inclusion into the lineup in crunch time minutes and uh, almost well did have a negative effect during those crunch time minutes. Here was uh, Monty Williams' explanation. Just to try to space the floor a little bit. J.O. was in the corner and they were helping off of him. So just to put Landry over there and maybe they guard him so we'd have more room to operate. Which, uh, yeah, Josh Okogie had some opportunities to hit some shots in the fourth quarter. Didn't. Monty Williams decided to pull the trigger on that move. Landry Shamit was in and was part of a couple of near disastrous plays, including a fast break opportunity with he and Devin Booker where Book gave the ball up on a on a bounce pass. Yeah. And I think Powell got a hand on it and then it threw Shamit off and it was a really awkward looking play and he touched it and went out of bounds. It, I just it was miscommunication. Yes. I just I think that the angle that, that Landry Shamit was taking to the basket was not what Devin Booker anticipated. Because Devin Booker's pass was behind him. And whether it was redirected, I didn't see that. Maybe it was, but but either way, it was a miss. It was a fail. So um, look, clean slate now. Different opponent. We'll see how Monty Williams attacks his rotations. Uh, it, you know, is Cameron Cameron Payne was not a factor last night. I think it was maybe a psychological boost to have him back and available. But he only got three minutes, and I don't think he registered. Yeah, he had zeros across the board. He didn't have a stat last night, other than those two um, three minutes of of play. Uh, I'm looking at the fourth quarter. Uh, he had two assists, actually. My bad. Okay, uh, but uh, only a very short run for Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. And does he become that guy now, as opposed to Landry Shamit in a fresh series? Monty Williams did make. Uh, Make a comment last night said, "Hey, I told Cam to be ready because we could use his speed, and that was something that they were missing in the first. Yeah, well, throughout this whole series. Yeah, really. yeah. And so, so I also think that that's going to be something they need to work on, and they also need to work on buttoning up their ball handling in, in these tense end game situations. Because like Devin Booker can do it, but he hasn't done it in a while. Devin Booker actually got an eight second violation over the weekend in he Los did. Angeles, which he is you, yeah, which is an unforced error, and that's you." know what but that's 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 i guess kind of expected when you ask a guy suddenly hey we need you to do this too <laughs> in addition to everything else you're doing um so i yeah i, th- I think there's a there's a there's a, a checklist of things this team should be working on going into the series against denver yeah but i like the chances a lot i do too and i mean those chances obviously are boosted when you got a player like devin booker doing what he's doing right now uh, again, just a by far his best playoff series as a Phoenix Sun, and the first time again the Suns with Devin Booker in the fold have been able to close out a series at home. Oh uh, yeah, it felt good. You know, we were just both talking about an experience where you know we dropped a game five to the Clippers, and you know that's a frustrating flight. You know, when you think you have it in the bag and. 
you know, now you're going to their home and, you know, they're only a game away, game away from making it seven. Um, you know, we just didn't, didn't want that type of pressure. We'd rather just get it done, get our rest, and move on to Denver. So, you know, it's going to be our first time starting on the road, you know, in, in my career. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was a real interesting night in the NBA, too, because the, the Suns almost faced that reality that Devin Booker talked about. Hey, we let one slip through our hands here. Now we got to go back to L.A. What do you think the Boston Celtics are feeling today? Yeah, they had a chance to close out the oh, Hawks at home, and now oh, they yeah. got to make they're that very flight. Embarrassed. They, yeah. they and they should be. Because mm-hmm. now they got a stretch. And as Jarrett pointed out, the the ingredients, the, the complexion of that game was very similar to what we saw last night. The Celtics got up big, and the Hawks chipped away and chipped away and chipped away, and they kept the door open. And Trey mm-hmm. Young slammed the door in their face. Yeah, and now the Hawks are a team with confidence and momentum. Yeah. And and you know you never know what's going to happen in these games. Who might go down in Game Six? You never know what might happen. That's the dangers of of not shutting the door on an opponent when you get the chance. And and uh, as I've said repeatedly, if if you were going to talk about stars aligning, it really it's one thing after another with the Phoenix Suns that seems to be lining up in the right direction. Can you imagine if we get an Eastern Conference Final between like the Hawks and and the Heat? Oh, jeez. <laughs> right? Well, we're, we'll see what happens now. If they get another break, we're going to read some story where, like, uh, that horse is, you know, gets wild and drags Jokic away. <laughs> that he, I think he's I don't pulls think his it's big enough to do that. That he's, horse is in the Czech Republic. Serbia. I, I, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he, I, I mean, he's got a the domestic horse. He waits until their, you know, their annual, uh, you know, Less than desirable exit from the playoffs, Jared. Okay, you uh, talked. You talked about uh, one, the... two, three, Serbia. <laughs> uh, what was the atmosphere like? Would you say compared to like the past couple playoff runs? How's it been this series for home games? Up and down. Bick was talking about this off the air. He was in the building last night. Um, I think his assessment of the energy being a little bit weird last night was, was, weird. was right yeah. on the money. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, there wasn't a lot of fear in the crowd in the first half, and, and the buzz in the arena kind of reflected that. It was just sort of like everybody waiting for the final buzzer to end so they can go nuts. It, obviously, the third quarter, the Devin Booker thing yes. lit, lit the building on fire. But but up until that point, it was very, very tepid. Very Yeah, it's... It, in summary, it's it's been decent this year from my vantage point. You would know better than me, but but it's it's still struggling to get back to what it was two years ago. In my opinion, I agree with that, and I think last night was probably a clearer picture of, of, of that than than the first two games of the series at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and even yeah, when the Clippers started to come back, there was a little bit of tenseness, and that started to grow. But that game was not decided, and in the final few minutes, it, it was, I, I think almost, there was a, a bit of shock that had set into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Had it conditioned themselves, hey, we're finally going to win win one at home, we're going to see something we haven't seen in a really long time, and that it was in jeopardy, and I don't know if anybody really knew how to react. It was It was weird. Yeah, it was definitely different, but but it, by the end of it, it was the the end result was all that matters. Yes, really. And uh, with the Suns moving on in the playoffs to the second round against the Denver Nuggets, they're going to experience something brand new to this bunch over the last three years of this playoff run. We'll tell you what that is and how they'll deal with it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Okay, so because I told you to in the update, I'm sure you're already on your way to ArizonaSports.com to see Dan Bickley's column and Kellen Olson's part one of his uh, multi-part series previewing the Suns Nuggets uh, series. But but let's go to the right side of the page real quick and look at the daily poll question. Who do you guys have, Dan Bickley and Vince Marana, <laughs> in the second round matchup? That's not the way it's phrased. Who you got? Who, who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? <laughs> not to be confused with who you fat. <laughs> we still live in a society, people. Who? English is still a thing. Who have you? In this second round matchup, who have I? I've uh, I've got the Suns in six. Okay, Suns Suns in six. Mm-hmm. So the options are Suns in four or five, Nuggets in four or five, Suns in six or seven, Nuggets in six or seven. I have not looked at the results. I fear something in these results based on the history between these two teams. But I will agree with Jake oh, and go Suns in six. You think they're going to pick Suns in four? Yeah. Do you think they'd be that bold this yes. year? All right, let's find out. Let's let's place the vote. No. Okay, good. Not the case. Good. In fact, 69% say the Suns will win in six or seven. Okay, so they know it's going to be a fight. 15% say Nuggets in six or seven. 11% say Suns in four or five. Only 5% say the Nuggets get it in a quick series. All right. That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. The Nuggets are, you know, kind of a, a a bit of an enigma. They did, they really have not played their best basketball in a couple of months, and you can take slices out of of some of this series they play with Minnesota, and you can say, okay, they're kind of coming back, but the Nuggets still are very potent, but they just haven't played their best basketball routinely in a while. Brian Windhorst of ESPN on our show yesterday. Taking a look at the Denver Nuggets before they were able to wrap up their series against Minnesota in five games. So the teams will have equal rest going into this. The thing that's different about this matchup, and it could have been against any other team, but the first time in this three-year playoff run, Vic, the Suns will not own home court advantage. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in this particular instance. Now, I, I do think playing at altitude is an inherent advantage for Denver, and it's something that needs to be kind of recognized, but I think it, the pressure of being the number one seed, the pressure of Nikola Jokic validating those MVP trophies, the pressure on this team to, to do it while their big three is healthy, it's pretty immense, and, and, and taking them out in games one or game two is going to open up a path to win this series, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. That, that's a, we, we talk so much about, boy, the Lakers never have their stars healthy at the same time. The Clippers obviously never have their stars. The Nuggets over the last few years been been good regular season teams, but they can't get everybody healthy in the playoffs until this year. And now they are, and knock on wood, both teams can make that claim going into this series that, hey, they're pretty much fully healthy, which has not mm-hmm. been the case. I mean, the amount of injuries and time missed to injury and suspension in these playoffs so far yeah. has been mind-boggling. We, have, uh, we haven't updated this enough. So for those who don't know, Game 1 is going to be Saturday. The time is yet to be determined. Game 2 is Monday, and then there's three days off between that and Game 3. 
Yeah, game three will be here at Footprint Center on Friday, May 5th. And so so those chunks of days off, you, you would think by definition would help a team like the Suns. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're logging those minutes, I think those minutes have to be managed at, at altitude, I would think. So I, I would think the Suns have to have a little more... A little more circumference, to quote Ron Wolfley. <laughs> you know, a little more depth of, of, of contributions. But you're, you're right, though. It, if you're going to have to log heavy minutes in altitude, having three days off after that yeah, is, like is a it. good break. I like that idea. And, and I really like the idea of the Suns going in there with the ability just to punch the Nuggets right in the face. Metaphorically. <laughs> Not literally no. like last time. No, literally. Like, literally. like, like actually literally. Punch in the yeah. face. Right. Uh, this is also the second straight series this postseason for the Suns. We talked about this going into the Clippers series, Bick. You can glean absolutely nothing from the matchups in the regular season between these two teams. The two games in Denver were early. Devin Booker played four minutes on Christmas night and then was out. They played on January. He was still out at that point. And then there was two late season games uh, in Phoenix where the Suns played their complement of players mm-hmm. and the Nuggets played nobody in either in either game. And both of those were too close for comfort for the Suns and, and a lot of their fans. But again, that's four games where really uh, there's not much value in the matchups. Um, the, the, the Nuggets changed a little bit at the, at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. They added some pieces. Not really anybody who's all that impactful in their rotation or at least in the first series. The Suns are a completely different team. So this is like, you know, a lot of newness going it going I, into these. I matchups. would take it five steps further. I would say that in any matchup, in any playoff series, you can take very little from the regular season because the regular season is meaningless and ne- and has never been more so in my experience with the NBA. So I, I think that's I think that's almost become universal. We're that seeing regardless it. of what matchup you put together, drawing on what happened the regular season is just pointless. We're seeing everything we suspected was going to happen happen. That we talked all year that the top of the divisions, the top of the leagues, were not as strong as the bottom of the leagues because teams just didn't care. Some teams cared, yeah. some teams didn't and care. It's, and and it's, we're seeing all potential upsets all throughout the playoffs. It's all manifesting here. itself right now. It, it, it's Yes, that, that is all happening as we speak. You can lose a one, a two, and a three seed in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Unbelievable. Where usually there's never any upsets in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Yep. So and so keep in mind now the Nuggets were unceremoniously swept the last two to- last time these two teams played in the postseason. So if if you were a Nuggets fan you'd say yes our guys are going to be fired up for revenge. If you were on the Sun side you'd say we might be in their heads a little bit. And Maybe because you remember, and you were in that building at Ball Arena, those two games in three and four where the Suns closed that out. Not only was it a sweep. But the takeover, the Suns fans traveled in droves mm-hmm. to Denver and kind of took over that building and were a rude house guests. And I mean that in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. That was a demoralizing sweep for Denver. It really was. Their, their best player gets ejected in, in game four, loses his mind, nearly killed campaign. Yeah. And just went nuts. It just went, yeah. Everything bonkers. went wrong for the Nuggets there. Yeah. Oh, indeed. And so it's the, the pressure on this team now. It, you know, Jamal Murray, and Jam- I, I said this earlier. Jam- 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 Jamal, Jamal Murray. Jamal, oh, the Jamal phone. Murray. Jamal Murray. And Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker all used to kind of be, it was like, what, what do you want? You want 
Chocolate or, or vanilla, Howie Roseman? Which which one you want? I like chocolate and vanilla. I've been working on my Howie Roseman. <laughs> right. Okay, Jerry, you want to get out of the way? Get out of the way, Jared. I like vanilla and chocolate. Oh, sorry, I got that order wrong. And then there might be strawberry if you like Donovan Mitchell. There's there the the. The scales have shifted dramatically. Devin Booker is decided well, decidedly might be too strong of a word, but he rates above those guys now. Devin Booker's in a little bit different stratosphere. Which is so weird, and this goes back to what you said too about the regular season being meaningless. When the all NBA teams are announced, Donovan Mitchell will be on one of them. Devin Booker will not be. He didn't miss a he lot did. of time, that's why. But that's to Bick's point. Your your scope changes, your mm-hmm. thoughts change, your your mindset changes because of what you see when the stakes are the biggest. And right now, if you pulled a hundred exactly. NBA experts right mm-hmm. now, Booker, Murray, or Mitchell, guess what? A hundred percent of them are going to say, yes. Devin Booker's the man." Yeah, and they'll go Mitchell two, Jamal Murray three. So, what does Jamal Murray do in this series, knowing that? I mean, is it because it it probably will be? What did Da say? Mono against Imano. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Against it's going to be mono against Imano. Oh, I know. <laughs> so Bless. cute that guy. Bless. So, so this is um, so this is something where you know the Nuggets. Like I, I think their bench is overrated. Contavious Caldwell Pope is a decent player. The, the thing that the Nuggets have is they've got a big Nikola Jokic, who's a great passer, not a good passer, a great passer. But I just don't fear this basketball team. Yeah, I, I know mean, they're good. I uh, listen. I know they're good. I just I I think the Suns are better. They are. Uh, Jared uh, pointed out too uh, what Kellen wrote on ArizonaSports.com, and you could check that article out. The uh, first preview of this series, Da probably coming off his worst playoff series as a pro. But if you go back through the six series that he's played um, as a Phoenix Sun, he's got success when he's going up against a high profile big. Whether mm-hmm. it's you know Anthony Davis before he got hurt in that series, he did play well against L.A. Played really well against Jokic, you know had the world against him in the Giannis matchup when when they had to count on him to try to slow down Giannis. Yeah. but he usually plays hitting. well against like Embiid in the regular season. Yeah, yeah but and, you know da- last year against Dallas, Dwight Powell, Da was not an impact in that series. This so, year against Zubac or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the numbers the last time D.A. played Jokic, Jokic dominated the statistical matchup, but but the Suns swept the series. Yeah. And D.A., you know, didn't look uncomfortable guarding him. So, yeah, Jokic bring it on, dominated, bring it but on. didn't have an MVP impact, certainly. Uh, we'll have a lot of preview leading up to Saturday's Game 1 of the Western Conference Semis, Nuggets and Suns coming up next. A little crosstalk to end today's show with Wolf and Luke as we wrap up. Game 5 in the Suns Clippers series. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's going to be a great series where, you know, Mono uh, played against Imano. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now... Here comes the Clippers with a chance to tie or lead. Driving inside Westbrook. Shot wouldn't go. Rebound to Aiton as we approach two minutes remaining. Get it up to Booker. Booker out on top. Booker for 15. Yes, indeed. Devin Booker. When he's called upon, he answers the call. 
Yeah, it's Al McCoy on the call that stretched the Suns' lead late back to four points in the second half that had a little bit of everything, but it was, when it was all said and done, the Suns win over the L.A. Clippers 136-130. to They close out the shorthanded Clippers in five games. They move on to take on the Denver Nuggets in the next round, but here to talk about it. A little crosstalk to end today's show. Wolf and Luke are up next from 10 to 2 here on Arizona Sports, and they join us in studio right now to uh, talk about uh, what, what transpired last night. Good morning, guys. How are you? What's going on, guys? What's uh, up? That uh, second half did have a little bit of everything. It had the disappointment of a terrible first half to start. It had, uh, we didn't even talk about this today, Bick. I thought the first six minutes of the second half was a ref show. In the worst way possible, it was just a march to the free throw line, and then you had the ascension of Devin Booker, and then the melting away of a big lead in that second half. Uh, just what, Wolf? What were you feeling you during know, that furious comeback by the Clippers? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, there's just a lot of consideration in regard to this team and the team trying to come together and learn how they're going to play offensively and defensively. I was really disappointed with the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Really disappointed. I thought that. That's where the letdown was. They've got all sorts of options on the offensive end of the floor. We all understand that and know it. DeAndre Ayton, I think it was on display last night, watching him offensively, what he was able to do. But defensively, once again, I think there's an awful lot that this team is lacking right now that they've got to fix going forward. And I think that will help them fix their killer instinct. Yeah, and from sniffing around, you can tell there's some internal dissatisfaction with DA. There's no tolerance anymore because everybody in that room now knows it's there. It's right there to be taken. And and coming out of game four, you could tell there had been a lot of people pounded on him. And I think I think he responded with some force offensively, but you're right about this. Defensively, there's still some soft spots in this team that they gotta they gotta get figured out. Which is to be expected to a certain degree, Luke, with the newness of all of this, people trying to figure out roles. But, I mean, again, the, the Suns shot 56% in the first half and were down nine at halftime. That's the show of a bad defensive half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, put up 61, you're down 70 to 61. Uh, this stuff's all legit, and especially the DA conversation. I, I can't help wondering in the back of my mind, like, is he still on this team if they don't win the title this year? Uh, and he suddenly becomes a lot more important against Denver, I would argue. But... I, that that stuff is all in the background to me. I, I can't get past the fact that they are now twelve and one with Kevin Durant in the lineup. And mm-hmm. the bigger thing to me is Devin Booker's going to play the way he's played multiple times already in these playoffs, and certainly he's done it in the past too. I'd still rather be the team that has Devin Booker and Kevin Durant than pretty much any other team right now. It doesn't guarantee anything, but I'd rather be that team than Denver or the Lakers or you know pretty much anybody else out there. If Booker's going to play this way, we might be seeing a whole different level that he can hit. You know, speaking of that, right. Right there, Luke. Let me jump in and just say right now, I don't know about you guys, but this is a whole new level of superstardom I think for Devin Booker oh, right yeah. now. Just the the legend of how well he has played now in elimination games as well. There's something about it, right? It's it's playing your best when it matters the most, and when it matters the most, you're trying to eliminate a team in the postseason and to see how well he has played and how he played last night. Man, that is a whole new level to me of superstardom and I think Devin Booker's on his way to becoming um, everything that we hoped he would be. Now all he needs is a championship. Well, and, and I heard Bick talking about it this morning too and, and I'm not saying Devin Booker's Michael Jordan but you'd rather be the team that has that guy that has that sort of mentality and, and this we still don't totally know 
how good this could get for the Suns because Booker's still in on some level in that prove it phase. Like he doesn't have a ring, right? Mm-hmm. So he's still going to have that hunger that he specifically will probably always have his whole career. Right. But there's that extra edge with the way last year ended. And there's not teams can't focus on him. What are you going to do? You're going to leave Kevin Durant open, then then he'll put up forty. Yeah, and, and Devin Booker to rewind back to two years ago when they fell short in the finals against the the Bucks. One of the things that the anti book crowd said was, "Ah, oh, you can't win a title." with Devin Booker as your best player. And I think he wore that a little bit. Mm. Uh, well, guess what? Devin Booker's on a team with Kevin Durant, and he's the best player on that team right now. This team can win a title. And that, to, to what you said, uh, Wolf, about the ascension of, of Devin Booker and his commitment to all of this, a lot of guys would have been discouraged by that. And a lot of guys would have just seen, okay, I've hit my limit. He never hits his limit. He adds something every year, and now it's the efficiency. 19 of 27 last night? That's ridiculous. And and it's not just that, though, guys. I mean, you know, so much of what Devin Booker does is obvious. It's between the lines. We we all see it offensively and defensively, how much Mm -hmm. better he's got as a defensive player. There's no denying that. But, man, I just keep coming back to it, guys. His smoldering intensity and the way that he competes is exactly what you want from your team leader. He is the king inside that locker room, and that's exactly what you want. And he's got a modicum of humility about him that I absolutely love, and it's something that I think other teammates need to adopt Yeah, listen, well. it, and, and you talk about that smoldering intensity. I know I've said this with us in this setting before, but uh, the thing I noticed, and even though Devin got a, a T last night for barking too loudly in the official, I've seen, he, he talked about it after game two, that me and Chris Paul, we know we need to stop this. We know we need to, get, to quit focusing on them and focus on those five guys in front of us. Uh, that, to me, with he gets that level of control, it's lights out. Yeah, it's light, good and, point, and, he's, and he's getting it. And he's getting it. I think that's a great point, that he did get the tee, Bick. But last night was a game, the way it was officiated, the Suns did not enjoy that same advantage they had in game three and four with free throw differential. Mm-hmm. They were the team getting a lot of the whistles. They were the team putting the Clippers on the line. And last night, with what was at stake and the way that transpired, especially in the fourth quarter, that could have got away from the Suns. And yeah. it didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of belly. I thought it was a horribly officiated game from start to finish for both teams, quite honestly. But the Suns kept it together outside of that technical. And that speaks, especially what Vic just said, that speaks to Booker's just relentless pursuit of getting better each yeah. year and that's an area he needed to get better in and you know I, I know it's only been a month or a couple weeks or whatever and I know he got a tech last night yeah. but but yeah. if he's focused on getting better in that area you feel like ultimately he will and he's just he's he's systematically yeah. eliminating things that will hold him back yeah. he's and, been doing his whole career and with all due respect to CP3 I love him to death but I think he's kind of led D-Book a little too far down that path because you know before Chris Paul got here the playoff um, the playoff exposure D-Book has well, you know, it, it was what it was, and Chris is convinced the refs are out to get him. Yeah. So I, I think it, whoever talked to these two dudes, whether it was Monty, whether it was Devin, it, it to me, it that's the final frontier, and I'm so happy to see it. Well, it feels like KD isn't convinced that the no, refs are out no, to get him, and no, that helps. No, he's got the right demeanor yeah. to be. That's that's the model. Well, and to your point, Luke, uh, you said if, if Devin Booker puts his mind to getting better in that area, you have to believe he will. Mm-hmm. You're damn right you do. Because you know why? He's done it in so many other areas of his game. Yeah. This is the rare superstar, too, that we're watching right in front of us that is in year 
eight, who's got quite a resume, and he's still getting better. That's like the that, Jordan comparison. That is That's scary. That's the Jordan comparison. He yeah. acts like he's still trying to make the team. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a good thing to have. Have fun with this, guys. Lots okay, of guys. two on from last night's yeah. game. Wolf and Luke up next from uh, 10 to 2. Thanks to them for joining us in studio for a little crosstalk. Also, thanks to the birthday boy, Al McCoy, and Charles Davis for joining us as well. We will catch you tomorrow bright and early for the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.